Once upon a time, there were three little girls who went to the police academy. <laughs> and they were each assigned very hazardous duties. But I took them away from all that, and now they work for me. My name is Charlie. Searching for the unusual, the obscure, the forgotten treasures hidden deep within streaming media. This is the Deep Dive Podcast. Plane in the sun! Get below! Look out! Get below! Dive the boat! Dive the boat! Take it down 150 feet, steer course 090. Continue to dive. Hi, diddly ho, diverinos. How's everybody doing? <laughs> We're alive. Yes, we are. I know. As hard as it may be to believe, we are alive. This, once again, is the Deep Dive Podcast, a never-ending quest to find the best and sometimes worst content hiding in your streaming media feeds. I'm Tom Feeney, I, I think. I, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> uh, writer for Wang's Job Movie Magazine, available on Amazon.com. And with me, not here, uh, but there... Uh, is my Quarantina, my COVID co-host, the Mandalorian <laughs> herself. Or the Standalorian. Oh. Yeah, standalone. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that was reaching, but it was not bad. Not bad. No, no, no. That was actually pretty good. I like that. <laughs> that 80s Charlie's Angels music, it gets me every time. Oh, is it 70s? Oh, uh, no, it's 70s. Oh, 70s. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Every time that music kicks in, I'm just sitting here bopping, and I'm like, wait a minute. I know this. I've never watched Charlie's Angels, but I know that music. I think everyone knows that music. It's a great theme song. It really is. Really is. That should be another. That should be another show. Like our favorite TV theme songs. That would be a good one. Oh, that would be awesome. With that, we got to we got to remember that. I've, I've got five. I've got five already in my mind. Like it was oh, that yeah. quick. And you know, it's kind of a lost <laughs> art because a lot of shows right now don't have theme songs. You know. That's true. Yeah. I mean, when TV started, and they started doing sitcoms and things like that. You always had to have a catchy song that explained the premise of the show. <laughs> you don't do that anymore. I mean, think Gilligan's Island. I mean, that was the perfect one. Oh, Gilligan's Island. You know, it oh, just explained it. What was that TV it. show uh, with Suzanne Summers, Step by Step? Step by Step. <laughs> I mean, you know, you had to have, it had to explain the premise. Now they just like, doesn't, it, they don't even care anymore. So. Right. Well, it's always about like vampires or something else. And so you don't need any words, just dark intro music. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what it is now. But uh, that brings us to, I mean, first of all, we, we did have a little break, just, you know, to yep. acknowledge that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I got to say, it's, I had ejected myself with some industrial disinfectant. Uh, then I sat under a UV lamp for six hours. So, you know, I'm okay yeah, now. Yeah, you know, and my Tide Pod challenge didn't actually work out that well, considering I almost died. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I really got to stop watching the news. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm fine now. I'll, I'll, I'm fine now, but I still glow in the dark a little. And uh, unfortunately, Tom. yeah, and, and, and my pee starts fires. But other than that, oh. I'm totally fine. So just wanted to Very get that good. out of the way. Now, yeah, our, you know, it just needs a few days break. I mean, sometimes it's, it's hard because, you know, you're in the house all day and you're like, do I really want to do this? Yeah. But, you know, 
you, you have to overcome a little bit. Sometimes you got to push forward and just say, you know what, I got to do something different. Because I don't know about you, but I've basically been in my house forever. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I've just stared at my computer for probably ever as well. So, yeah. But I'm blessed to be working from home, so I can't complain too much. Exactly, exactly. We're, we're very, all things considered, I think both of us are very fortunate. Uh, yeah. You know, we're not, uh, we're not like by ourselves. I feel right, really bad exactly. for people that live on their own and just like, this is true. Oh my yeah. God. That's uh, I can't, that, that, that's the way the path to madness right there. So yeah. Um, my cats are still angry with me. Oh they, yeah. They're like, we wish we lived alone again. Oh yeah. Oh man. I get the stink eye constantly from pumpkin. My cat <laughs> is not happy. So, uh, oh, well, but let's get to the topic today. Shall we? We uh, today's topic is movies that were originally TV shows. Now, yeah. yeah. Now, of course, movies predate television by about 50 years or so, give or take. So they, mm -hmm. they had a bit of a head start. Um, but after TV began making its way into homes, the movie studios took notice and looked for ways to capitalize on TV's popularity. So here is a trivia question for Vu. Ooh. What was the first TV show to be made into a movie? Uh, okay. Was it in color? No. Oh, geez. I'm going to say... Uh, I, I couldn't even know, but it has to be in the 50s. Yep. Um, okay. How about... Oh, wait. Was it The Wizard of Oz? No, no, there was never, I don't think there was ever, except maybe an animated show that came oh, from that. Oh, okay. Nope, I give up then. All right, here's a clue. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Anything? I mean, is that Batman? No. No, I know the, the, the tune. I just can't place it right now. All right. I, I'll, I'll let you know. It was Dragnet. Oh. Not the, Ru, not <laughs> yeah. the RuPaul show, but Dragnet. <laughs> no, I've never watched that. So, uh, now, and I am not talking about the, the one from 1989 with Tom Hanks. Um, oh, okay. That was, a, that was not the first Dragnet movie. That was originally, they turned the TV show Dragnet into a movie in 1954. Uh, so okay. that was a bit well, of a, right about the 50s. You're, yeah, you were right about the 50s. And honestly, I, I mean, it, it's it's an older show and I really didn't, you know, I I, yeah. I wasn't really <laughs> counting on you to know that reference, but that's fine. Um, but now it's commonplace to see movies mm -hmm. that come from TV shows. You know, The X-Files, Star Trek, 21 Jump Street, The Simpsons, The Fugitive, and, you know, Charlie's Angels are just a few. Um, mm -hmm. There have been many, but... We're going to talk about some of our favorites. Do you care to go Definitely. first? Sure, I will. So it's funny that we mentioned your cat because my first one is about a cat. Ooh. And I like to think of this cat as a, let's see, a less popular Garfield. Any chance you know what I'm talking about? A less popular Garfield. Uh-huh. Interesting. Have, ever heard of Heathcliff? Heathcliff, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Right? Oh, man. So when I thought about this topic, I was like, all right, I watch a lot of shows as a kid. I mean, as a 90s kid, that's kind of what I did every day after school. You know, you had 
uh, I mean, everything, Pokemon, everything, right? But I thought, okay, well, what about Saturday cartoons? Because that was always my favorite. Um, and Heathcliff, Heathcliff, the cat, always kind of stood out to me. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he was voiced by Mel Blanc. If you don't know, he's the voice of Bugs Bunny, uh, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig. Uh, and I think he may have also done that operatic frog, which is probably my favorite oh, movie yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Heathcliff was a cat who he could obviously talk, and he was a little bit of a, um, what they say about, you know, he's a cool cat, right? He did a lot of things in his past life. He was he was a big tough alley cat kind of thing. And really, he was just kind of a goofball. Um, and in the TV show, he had, like, lots of adventures. Um, he became a TV star, or he, uh, th- there was a new cat that, that entered his alley that looked just like uh, Heathcliff, but he was called Henry, and they had to distinguish, like, you know, you know, yin and yin, yin, yin kind of thing. And it was, oh, man, there was one called the Cat Father. Uh, <laughs> it was definitely the parody of the Godfather. Oh, my goodness. And I think what happens, um, I, I, he had to, like, get gifts for the god or the cat father, and it was just so funny. But um, basically, this kind of started around 1984, I believe. So um, it did come out before I was born, but it kind of it, it kept its popularity going to the point where they made a movie out of it. Um, it's just called Heathcliff the Movie. Um, now, Never. if anybody's familiar... Heathcliff has one of the coolest, and I do mean this honestly, coolest intro soundtracks into the into the show ever. I just, I'm thinking about it now, and I'm literally bopping in my chair because it's just so cool. And I would like to point out, it's made the uh, the music by Shuki Levi. Which, I, I, if you don't know his name, I'm, I'm very surprised. But he has so many television programs uh, under his name. Inspector Gadget. Um, uh, I don't even know. Uh, Dragon Quest. Mask. Wow. Oh, there's just so many things huh. under this guy's name. But he's really, really cool. Oh, he did She-Ra. You ever remember? Yeah. She-Ra, Prince of the Car? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyways. Oh, and Big Bad Beetleborgs. So, okay. Oh. So this is my. <laughs> that was the craziest show ever. Right? Oh, I love. I did Big not Bad understand Big what the whole haunted house thing was all about. Right, and then there was a comic involved, and there were yeah. the comic characters. Like, it was just weird. It didn't last very long. Um, it was definitely a ripoff of the R Troopers, in my opinion. But you know, wow. whatever. <laughs> it's funny though, because that's going to lead me into my second choice. But anyways, all right. Cool. Um, he's Chris the movie. Uh, it, it, I guess apparently started off as a comic strip way back when, then they turned it into a TV show, then it became a movie. Now, the cool thing about the movie itself is that it actually did really well. Huh. It made $2.6 million in the box office. Hmm. So it was, yeah, it was released in the United States in 86, in uh, Canada, and then France in the 90s. Um, and yeah, $2.6 million. It was pretty huge. Wow. Uh, it released to VHS, which you can still find on eBay, and they go pretty uh, for pretty good amounts of money. I mean, I just found one um, a couple days ago for seventy-five dollars. A VHS, which you can't even wow. play anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So, uh, Heathcliff is one of those movies that you can pretty much find uh, on any streaming platforms. But what I did notice is that you you have a better chance of finding the actual TV series. Um, and right now, one of our favorite apps, Tubi has the entire first season, which comprises of, I think, of like 30 episodes. Yeah. And it's free. It's also free on the Dove channel, which I did not know. I thought it was about 
soap, but turns out it's more about Bible verses. <laughs> so <laughs> you can get that app if you want to. Uh, no. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's got some. It's basic plots, right? It's basically all the all the um, the plots from the TV shows uh, wrapped into like one maybe hour and a half movie. But you know what's great about Heathcliff is that they make like oh my god, parodies are the best. Um, they had the Great Puccini. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Meow Meow Island. Oh god. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, made the best cat win comedy cast. It was just so fun. Anyways. Heathcliff being the less popular, I guess, or at least less remembered version, um, like Garfield, uh, doesn't doesn't rank very high up there with, um, you know, some of the the viewers, I guess, of modern day. But I did find out that it has a seventy one percent score on IMDb. Wow! And then it has a six point six on Metacritic. Oh, okay. So not pretty bad. No, not bad so, at all. You can find Heathcliff on TV, the dub app. You can also find the newer version, and by newer, I mean like 1990s version, uh, on the CBS app, on the Hoopla app, the Stars app, and DirecTV. All of these are free to watch if you have subscriptions. Nice. Which is wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. But yeah, that's my first pick. That's unexpected, though. I like that. That's cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. So, if you know me at all, and why wouldn't you want to? Uh, I'm a big science fiction fan. Uh, I know. Yeah, I know. Shocking, right? Um, I got hooked as a kid on movies like Star Wars, TV shows like Battlestar Galactica, and books like Dune. Um, having said that, there is one sort of subgenre of science fiction that I do not usually enjoy, and that is space westerns. Um, space westerns? Yeah, you know, like, uh, Cowboys and Aliens, uh, Wild Wild, uh -huh. Wild Wild West, the movie, not the show. Movie was terrible. But like, why do you mix those two very obviously end of the spectrum things together? Do people like that kind of stuff? I guess they do. I mean, you think about like Back to the Future Three. Even it's like a science fiction <laughs> western. Um, I never saw that. It's not. Eh. Uh, it's the least <laughs> my least favorite of the Back to the Future movies. But having said that, um, I like my sci-fi full on futuristic. I don't want any ten gallon hats. I don't want any six shooters or horses or old timey slang. I don't want any of that in my sci-fi. <laughs> But yep. that brings me to my first pick, Serenity, which was the Serenity. Yeah, Serenity, the feature film based on the much beloved 2002 Fox TV series Firefly. Y'all got on this boat for different reasons, but y'all come to the same place. So now I'm asking more of you than I have before. As sure as I know anything, I know this: I aim to misbehave. Oh, I never saw that, but I bet everyone loves that show. Everyone loves that show, but not but me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Firefly was created by a post-Buffy and pre-Avengers Joss Whedon. Um, oh, Buffy. Firefly took place about half a millennia into the future and dealt with the ragtag crew of the ship's Serenity and how they survived living kind of hand-to-mouth in a totalitarian state. Uh, I was excited about the show when it was announced, but then it quickly soured on it for several reasons. The, the mm. weird slang, uh, not enough cool tech for me, too many Western tropes. Uh, it just wasn't my thing. So, you know, it, it didn't last very long. I think I watched a couple of episodes and kind of lost interest. Um, so, so when a few years later, when they announced a feature film version, it was not on my must-see list. Right. Uh, but it should have been because Serenity is a 
really solid, entertaining science fiction film. Uh, it's got great performances. It has more of the sci-fi stuff because it had a feature film budget. Uh, so they could get they could do a lot more uh, with the special effects and everything and make it a, a bit more grandiose uh, mm -hmm. of a vision. Um, and it pretty much ticked off all of the boxes for a really enjoyable movie. And you don't mm -hmm. necessarily have to have watched the show to understand what's going on, which I thought was uh, was really good. Um, so, you know, basically you've got this uh, this crew, they're harboring a couple of fugitives uh, from the like the the big the big bad totalitarian state. Uh, and she's got the one the one fugitives is a, is a girl. She's got a secret but she's also like a major ass kicker, uh, which is kind of mm. a cool thing, but they have to kind of, there's this huge thing that the, that the, the state is hiding a huge secret and they have to figure out what that is. Uh, and then try to figure out a way to get that information across to the rest of the galaxy or what have you. So I really enjoyed serenity and it made me want to go back and watch, uh, firefly the, in its entirety. So, uh, which is interesting because, I think one of the reasons why I didn't like it and it had to do with the network is because they ran the episodes out of order, hmm. which was bizarre. I don't know why that happened, but they ran the episodes out of order, which made it make less sense. So that right. may have been one of the reasons why. And I found out what the correct order was and I watched it then and I enjoyed it. So that's, you know. Now, was that the star of the show? What's his name? Nathan, Nathan Fillion, Fillion in yes. the movie? He was in the movie yes. too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, the whole okay. cast was in there, which was great. So it was. It. 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 That. At the very least, it definitely had a contingency thing or like a consistency from that aspect. Right. Right. Because sometimes when they, you know, a lot of times when they make a movie out of a TV show, they recast it completely with right. like current stars, exactly. and, and most of the times it bears no resemblance to the TV show except in name only, and that's right. kind of a mm -hmm. problem. So mm -hmm. most of those are just awful. So, but. To the scores, so Serenity gets a 7.8 out of 10 on the Internet mm. Movie Database uh, and an 82% on the Rotten Tomatoes, which is, huh. you know, uh, I still think they should change the name of that, don't you? <laughs> I don't know. It's a staple these days. I guess so. I mean... I, but when I see it on a commercial, it just drives me crazy. It's just like, oh, Rotten Tomatoes score is blah, blah, blah. I'm like, uh, okay, that's, that's great. Um, but anyway, if you want to watch Serenity, you can see it uh, on Stars if you are a subscriber to Stars, uh, Or you can rent it for $3.99 on the usual suspects, and that is uh, iTunes, Amazon Prime, Vudu, uh, and I believe also on Microsoft, if that's still a company. Uh, so, Ooh. you know, <laughs> no, but that, that's where you can find Serenity. I, I do recommend it if you're a sci-fi fan. It's, it's, it's a really good movie. It's just a good little uh, two-hour, you know, uh, escapism. So there you go. Serenity. Right. That's my first pick. Okay. Not yeah. bad. Not bad. Thank you. <laughs> so my second pick actually... It's got a little bit in common with the first six. Not really. Really what it has in common is that Shuki Levi guy I talked about. Oh. So not only is he a music composer, he's also a television producer. And he teamed up with, ready for this? 
Yeah. Chaim Saban oh. to make this TV show. Chaim, TV really? Series. Chaim Saban? Yeah. yeah. Power Rangers. Of course I'm talking about Power Rangers. Of course you are. <laughs> Power Rangers was my favorite show growing up. It legitimately was my favorite show until probably about, I don't know, a few months ago when I stopped watching it. I consistently watched the episodes. Oh, and by the way, everyone knows that the Green Ranger is the Dash Ranger. And that episode where I was kind of like becoming a tween and then he kissed Kimberly for the prom and I died. It was my first, you know, shot at romance. It was amazing. I am, I am learning way too much about you right now. <laughs> Power Rangers is, in a sense, it's about teenage superheroes who are, quote, with attitude. Teen, teenagers given, with attitude, yeah. That's the one, yep. And they're given, um, you know, unique powers. And I should mention that there have been something like 13 or 14 oh, iterations of the, yeah. quote, Power Rangers. Yeah, we're not even going to um, talk about Turbo, which was awful. But anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, I actually, I think I dropped off right around zero, uh, right after zero, because, or actually lost in space, maybe. But in any case, um, <laughs> it started Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're confused, I think. Okay, so let, let's, get, let's, get, uh, let's get some clarification on there. There was... Power Rangers in space, and then the next season was Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. So, oh uh, I mean, no, the in space is my favorite. The lost, the lost galaxy one was not good. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, you know, basically when Tommy dropped off, and then I was like, all right, I could take maybe one more season, and then it got boring. And then when Tommy came back, like years, like a decade later, I was like, man, eh, you're kind of old for this. I'm not with it. Side note: I should mention that I have actually met Jason David Frank. And he's a really cool human being. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, super cool. Um, really nice. I was going to meet him at Boston Comic-Con, but it was the year that the marathon bombings happened, so um... we couldn't go. But he decided, you know what? I know the city's on lockdown, um, but there's, I guess, a certain area, which happens to be near Fenway, that people are still accessing. So I'm going to rent a room, and then everyone who wants to meet me can come down. And, you know, he didn't charge us for photo ops. He, you know, he spent a really good amount of time talking with us. It was just a really cool, really cool dude, you know? Um, but anyways, back to this. Started in 1993, right? So uh, I think Mighty Morphin, which was the first iteration, went from 93 to 96, maybe. Um, and then you have, again, all these other iterations. But basically what I'm going to reference here is the, uh, the first Mighty Morphin, because I think that's the brand... Um, that's the brand name, right? That's that's what everyone remembers is the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It's in the, the show tomb, as it were. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, but people don't necessarily go, oh, yeah, I love Power Rangers, uh, you know, Zeo, or I love Power Rangers, um, you know, with the, the weird young kid who suddenly got older when he became the Blue Ranger. Like, no. So <laughs> Power Rangers, <laughs> they got their superpowers from a magical being called Zordon, and all their powers manifested in these giant robots shaped like dinosaurs. So obviously you can tell right away I am all about it, <laughs> but <laughs> but like 
it, it was just they were cool they were teenagers they responded to like you know all these weird perils and they could do cool fantastic ninja moves by the way weren't actually them and there were you know films there what was it uh japanese counterparts and then just sort of put it into the american show oh yeah um and you know what always really bugged me as a kid and i never understood it until of course i got older Whenever they showed scenes with the American actors, and they, let's say they were out of helmet, they were never in their actual ranger suits, and it used to bug me. Like, why does that suit look so different from the one that, you know, she was just in fighting all the putties, which were the monsters, the bad guys? Uh, it turns out because it wasn't them. Um, but you know what's really interesting about Power Rangers is it comes with a different kind of legacy. Um, there's, and, I, and it kind of, like... It's less into actually more of a modern day thing too, because most fans agree, and I maybe you're in you're in that boat. But when Disney took over Star Wars, something changed about Star Wars. Yeah, um, yeah. And this is not, and this is not to like rip on Disney because I'm a huge Disney fan. Yeah, but uh, but it changed, right? So Disney actually bought Power Rangers from the Saban Entertainment way they back did, in 2002. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and so 2002 to 2010 is when we saw you know, the movie is coming out. They'd already made billions and billions of dollars off of the toys. I mean, Hasbro, which is a very prominent uh, toy maker, um, their market was basically Jurassic Park and, and Power Ranger toys. And to this day, they still make Jurassic Park and Power Ranger toys. Yeah. Um, but basically, they, they Disney bought them out. And then, you know, things kind of started to, to go downhill. They weren't as popular anymore. Then Saban's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to buy you back. In 2010, they bought them back. Now the original creators are and owners are owners once again. And then, of course, they sold it to Hasbro. So Hasbro is the, is the one who owns it now. But it's just interesting how it's such a multi-faceted um, company and franchise and that it's gone through all these different companies to finally land on, on the maybe the one that it should have been with altogether, but I don't know. Um, so I'm not going to go into like the major plots of the movies, but cause it, they're all consistently the same, right? There's a baddie. These kids have to overcome things to fight them. And then they put the world right again. Um, but just so you know, you can watch majority of the Power Rangers stuff online for free. For example, if you wanted to watch the latest Power Rangers movie, which I was like, eh, not a super fan of because I deviated way too much in my opinion. Um, I think it came out in 2017. You can watch that on the USA app. Um, that's the USA TV show app. But if let's say you want to watch the original Mighty Morphin Power Ranger series, you can actually find that on Netflix. You can buy it on Amazon. They have all the first seasons. And by the way, the first season actually comprises of like 213 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like all the years. Yeah, um, yeah so it was like the first actually, three years were uh, like the, exactly, Mighty Morphin yeah. Power Rangers. I remember when the original movie came out, I think it was 95 it came out, and it's just called Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie, and I was so excited to see it in the, in the theaters, and it did not disappoint. I mean, I was, what, I was a 10-year-old, and I was just so uh, over the moon with it. Um, you can actually stream it for free right now on Stars, Amazon, and DirecTV. Um, that one in particular doesn't get the highest of ratings, which I'm not, you know, necessarily surprised about. It's got a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 5.2 out of IMDb. But, but it is a cult classic, a cult classic that fans over the world will, I mean, cherish because everyone knows Power Rangers. Everyone remembers what they, what their lives were like when they were watching Power Rangers and, you know, just give it a go. But basically I am now showcasing the entire Power Rangers franchise as my second pick. Okay. That's a lot to unpack. (laughs) It's a lot. 26 seasons and such, (laughs) you know. Oh, man. 
I've just given you tons of places that you can watch it. I mean, it's basically everywhere. And they have all these spin-off movies and whatnot. But, um, yeah, it's, it, yeah. I just loved Power Rangers as a kid. And I still kind of like the, you know, like the, the nuance of it and the novelty yeah. of just watching it again. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, the song, the Go Go Power Rangers song, I think it made it to, like, number four on the uh, top 100 list in, like, 92 or something, 93. Um, that's how much it, it was. It was basically the twilight of its day. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So Anyways, interesting. You're welcome, folks. Yes. Well, hey, you know, and if, if you're a fan of that kind of stuff, um, what's really interesting, this just started very recently, like I think just like a month or so ago. Uh, the company that originally made the, um, what are called the uh, tokusatsu or hentai shows mm. in Japan yeah. was a company called Toei. Who um, yeah. did Godzilla and all that? No, that was that was yeah. Uh, so there is now an official uh, YouTube channel um, oh. called Toei Tokusatsu, and they they are featuring classic dubbed and subtitled hentai shows from <laughs> starting from the nineteen seventies, uh, and they're starting they're releasing episodes every week. They're now up to like episode eight of like a dozen or so early, early hentai shows uh, and Japanese action fantasy shows. So if you love that kind of stuff, there is a huge, huge, huge number of shows now uh, on YouTube under that channel. Toei Tokusatsu. There's animation. Nice. There's all kinds of stuff. It's really awesome. Very cool. So there you go. There's another plug. Well, thank now, you. Absolutely. Oh, it's a rabbit hole. You're going to love to go down. You're going to thank me for that. Um, I got plenty of time. Uh, hey, don't we all? <sighs> <laughs> all right. So my second pick, interestingly enough, started out as a toy line, became an animated TV show, and was made into a sort of medium budget movie. Uh, the toys? Ah, no. I was never a Transformers fan. Oh, really? Really? No. Nope. Wow. Well, I'm going to explain why. Okay, uh, roll out. Yeah, now the toys that I'm talking about were very, very, very popular. The TV show, the animated series was even more so. Barbie. The movie, the movie, nope, the movie was not that popular. Um, so I'm referring to the 1987 schlockbuster Masters of the Universe. There is a place where legends are born. <laughs> where the light confronts the dark. A world of incredible mystery, magic, and adventure. A world where colossal powers will collide in a battle to control the universe. The place is Earth. The time is now. Masters of the Universe. Dolph Lundgren is He-Man. Frank Langella is Skeletor, and Meg Foster is Evil Lynn. Masters of the Universe, coming to Earth this summer. Based on the He-Man toys oh. by Mattel and the, the animated series by Filmation. So now, uh, yeah, Mattel. let me explain the, uh, the whole Transformers thing. So at the time when Transformers and He-Man came out, roughly the same time, uh, I was aware of them, but I was never into them. 
by the time the toys started coming out and the shows started coming out in like the somewhat early-ish 80s, around 82, 83, uh, I was already a teenager and moved on to other things like girls and self-loathing. So <laughs> I was not really, you know, I, I was sort of, there was a little tiny bit after I would have been interested in them. Um, so having said that, when I went to see Masters of the Universe in the theater, uh, I had no pre-existing bias for or against based on the property itself because I had never watched it. As a huge movie fan, however, I had a tremendous amount of bias because of the movie studio that made Masters of the Universe, and that was Canon Films. Now, yeah. if, if you came of age in the 1980s, you have seen a Canon film. They uh, released such classics, and I'm doing that in air quotes, uh, as Invasion USA with Chuck Norris. The Unbelievably Weird Ninja 3, The Domination. Delta Force, also with Chuck Norris. Death Wish 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. <laughs> Bloodsport with the muscles from Brussels, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And probably the one of the worst films they've ever made, The Unforgivable Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Ugh. Didn't they also do a Storm movie, if I'm remembering that correct? Probably, yeah. I mean, they just oh, was it Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Uh, maybe, maybe. I know yeah. they, they just did a whole bunch of garbage movies in the seventies and eighties. Uh, and when I learned that, <laughs> yeah, when I learned they were behind Masters of the Universe, I was expecting, like, I was expecting to just basically have like the worst movie ever made, maybe get a few laughs out of it. Um, but right. I got a lot more than that. Is the movie good? Well, yeah, not really. Did Dolph Lundgren <laughs> make a great oh. He Man? Eh, he did his best. On the other hand, Frank Langella chewed up the scenery as the evil Skeletor. He was having fun with this part, you could tell. Uh, the only other actors of any note were a pre-Friends Courtney Cox and legendary little person Billy Barty, who played the little creature Gwildor, which was, yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, as I said, I was expecting a total train wreck, but I did not get that. What I got was a fun adventure film that, in all honesty, did not have that much connection to the He-Man franchise and mythos, except for the names and the characters. Um, so not knowing any of that going in, I had a good time with the movie. And I can understand how fans of the cartoon would be upset at the many changes that were made. Uh, but for myself, I enjoyed it for what it was. Now, as far as the film goes, basically, you've got a walking anatomy class named Skeletor, who's the bad guy. Uh, he has... <laughs> taking over Castle Grayskull, while He-Man and friends Tila, Man-at-Arms, and Gwildor, and I can't believe I said that out loud, uh, find themselves transported to mid-1980s Earth. So they enlist the help of two radical awesome teenagers to uh, help them get back to Eternia and defeat Skeletor. And of course, they have to get through all the evil hench people, including, once again, uh, the names Evelyn, Beastman, Karg, and Sauron. I'm like, okay, what? yeah. So, yeah. So there's a final confrontation between He-Man and Skeletor, good triumphs over evil, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's actually, the production values are pretty decent for a canon film. Costumes, the effects, and the makeup are all pretty good. Um, you know, yeah. If you, if, you doubt, if you doubt me when it comes to canon films, just try to sit through Superman 4. I dare you. I double dog <laughs> dare you. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it. Yeah. So that's my second pick. Masters of the Universe uh, gets a 5.4 out of 10 on Ooh. the Internet Movie Database. And, oh, you're going to love this, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ouch. 
Not that's 70. That's one of the worst we've ever had. Yeah, 17%. Now, if you are willing to try your luck at this, it is available right now to stream if you have the Stars app. Uh, yeah. Or you can get it through Amazon Prime as well. So, Very that, good. that's my second pick, Masters of the Universe. There you go. <laughs> so, there you have it. Fun, huh? Not bad. Not yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions to speak of? Um, no, but of course, you, you could always think about the Supermans, the Batmans, mm -hmm. uh, basically every hero, comic book hero, TV show was made into a movie. I think the most obvious one would probably be Spider-Man. And I don't even know how many of those are actually good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the interesting thing, though, because it kind of, that kind of actually ties in a little bit to what you were talking about with Power Rangers, because the uh they, there was a spider-man show in japan in the 70s um oh. there was and it's called the, it's supaida-man and i'm not joking uh <laughs> and what's weird about it is that was the first japanese sort of superhero show that featured a a giant like mechanical robot thing like a zord <laughs> Spider-Man Spider-Man uh, Yeah, and Spider-Man had a Zord in that show. Why, I don't know. What? Yeah, he had a Zord, and it was called, uh, I think, a Leopardon. So it was like a, a leopard for some reason. <laughs> I don't understand it, but it's oh. really funny. And it's not like Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man. It's an entirely different character wearing the suit and doing spidery things. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Check that out. Not that bad. you can find on YouTube as well. I highly recommend it if you're... If you're, you know, if you like that kind of stuff. Um, for me, honorable mentions would include the Brady Bunch movie, which I absolutely love. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, The Fugitive uh, with Harrison Ford. Really? Yeah. Uh, the Gong Show movie, which no explanation necessary for that. Just watch it. And Police Squad or The Naked Gun. Oh, is that the one, uh, the comedy spinoff one? With yes. Nielsen? Yeah, yeah, the people who did Airplane did it, and it started as a TV show called Police Squad, and then they turned it into the Naked Gun movies. Ah, oh, okay. Was there ever a movie um, with David Hasselhoff based on the kit car? No, they never did a theatrical Knight Rider movie. They um, missed an opportunity there. I think you're absolutely right about that. That's something we should, uh, you know, we should run that by some people. Uh, we got to get <laughs> yeah. a because you could do a lot with that car now. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you know, talking car. I mean, come on. That's like the least of the things you can do. Its interface is just an iPad now. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, yeah. It's got it's voice activated. It's got Siri in it. But, you know, it's a. <laughs> it's a longer kit. Hey, Siri. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't understand what he's saying. Uh, yeah. So they, so they die. Uh, <laughs> so it just doesn't get it. And it's oh, all. Man. This you is know, why we're not TV producers. There you go. Yeah. And everything is all chip based. So it takes forever to get an answer. 
so, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's way too deep. Um, even for the deep dive podcast, it's too deep. Uh, <laughs> see that's what I did there. Ah, oh, wow. Okay. So this was Not cool. No, no, yeah. I thought it was fun. But like I said, this is part one. Part uh, one. So part two, since we did movies from TV shows, next time it's TV shows that started as movies, huh? Yeah. Ba-ba-ba. See what we did there? Huh? That's pretty good, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, you should and, listen you know, anyway. You would think that there would be like way more options, but I gotta tell you. I think you'll be surprised. I think so, too. I think so, too. It's going to be pretty interesting, I feel. So tune in for that. That should be coming soon. Uh, But in the meantime, we hope you are all staying safe at home and not taking any unnecessary risks, uh, washing Mm -hmm. your hands, wearing masks. No, no, the Jason mask does not count. Uh, So (laughs) you're not going to do that. But we would love for you to join us again next time. Uh, Absolutely. Where can they find us? They can find us and our links to our social medias, our episodes, and our email on the deepdivepodcast.com. Guess what? We also have merch. So even though you can't really go outside, you probably want to wear something other than PJs or sweatpants. Eh. Why not wear a t-shirt? Yes, or you can take one of our t-shirts and find a YouTube video that will show you how to make it into a lovely mask. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we would love for you guys to follow us on Instagram too. We're at the Deep Dive Podcast. We have a lot of fun. We post a lot of our, our um, you know, promos for our upcoming shows, um, and they're really funny. Uh, you know, it's we put a lot of work into um, into the podcast, not because we're looking for huge amounts of recognition or anything. We have a really good time, which is why we're bringing this to you, even in the midst of a global health crisis through the power of technology. Exactly. So to kind of back up what Tom said. We really hope that you're safe, you're happy, you're healthy, you're taking care of your family, and you're staying inside. Thanks to all the frontline workers, including delivery guys, and garbage men, and of course doctors and nurses and aides, but people who are making our lives easier so that we're able to be silly on a podcast. Exactly. Now, yes, so especially to the first responders out there, uh, we are incredibly grateful for what you do so that last responders like Manda and myself can stay at home (laughs) Uh, and uh, eat nachos. So uh, this is true. We're all very, very grateful for the jobs that you do. And uh, Amanda is absolutely right. We are not looking for any kind of recognition out of this, as that would be obvious since we don't get any. So <laughs> on but that, feel free to rate us on iTunes. Please, please do. Please rate us on iTunes. Please listen. Please subscribe. Do all those things we ask you to do because it's the right thing. It's the right thing to do. (laughs) It's the right thing to do and the tasty way to do it. Now, until next time, for the amazing Mandalorian and myself, we wish you good health, and we will hear you next time. See ya. You can find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram feeds on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. If you like us, please subscribe. All clips are intended for educational use only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Blaney and EchoCraft. Thanks for listening. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Media. I'll be back.